This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby returns tomorrow. We now know how negatively the COVID-19 pandemic has affected women in the workforce. A new Ontario Chamber of Commerce report reveals women's labour participation rate has fallen to its lowest level in 30 years, a so-called she-session. But the report's authors also provide some hope with a plan to recovery, or she-covery, as they say. We'd like you to weigh on the, in on this topic as well, especially women who've lost their jobs because of the pandemic. 416-360-0740 or toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Joining me to discuss is one of the collaborators on the report, Dr. Wendy Sukier, founder of Ryerson University's Diversity Institute and academic director of the Women Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub. Also on the line, Aleem Kanji, political strategist affiliated with small business, savesmallbusiness.ca. Welcome both. Thanks for having me. Hey, good afternoon, Jane. Hi, Aleem. Dr. Suki, I'll start with you. Tell us what's happened to many women in the workforce during this pandemic, your findings. Well, I mean, the the evidence is pretty clear. Women were overrepresented in um, part-time employment in services industries, and they're being crushed by the burden of of unpaid work, um, childcare, homeschooling, and so on. And what we're seeing is is really negative effects, not just on, on women in the workplace, as was mentioned in the introduction, but also on women entrepreneurs who we work closely with. So um, we were thrilled that the Ontario Chamber of Commerce president and CEO uh, Rocco Rossi is is prepared to take on this issue in a in a serious way because women are fifty one percent of the the population and if the plans for recovery are not really addressing half the population it's like trying to fight with one arm tied behind your back. Do you have any idea in terms of statistics uh, how? Uh, many women were affected, or what percentage of women in the workforce? Well, as 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 we've seen, women were twice as likely to lose their jobs, half as likely to regain them, um, and I'm sure you know from your own circles of friends, and I certainly see it with my employees. Women who had children at home were typically uh, left with childcare responsibilities without any access to because of social distancing, to babysitters, to childcare. Um, and uh, that combination has really set women back, women back decades. Coupled with that, even with the, with the recovery, we know that the sectors that are, are putting on jobs quickly, for example, um, information, communications, technology, those are areas where women tend to be underrepresented. So it is um, almost a perfect storm, and uh, as I said, 
we need to we need to address it on multiple levels. Dr. Sukia, I'm thinking about my niece. So she has a management position uh, in the public sector. So she was is working from home, raising her two kids and schooling her two kids back in the spring all at the same time. So even women who were keeping their jobs were still had their attention divided as a result of having small children at home. Absolutely. I had I had one PhD student who was working in her car because that's the other thing. Uh, you know, when I look at my team, and I've got 70 people now in the Diversity Institute, many people kept their, well, they, my whole team kept their jobs, but many of them were not working in environments that were conducive to homework. Some didn't have air conditioning. Some had, you know, a couple of people living in very confined quarters or didn't have access to to internet. Those with kids, you know, there was the tension between partners trying to get access for their Zoom calls, kids trying to do their homeschooling and so on. So I think it's really it's really laid bare some of the challenges and we know that when we also consider racialized people, black people, indigenous people, people with disabilities, you know, the, the, the situation's even worse. Aleem, uh, tell us about this trend, how it's affected mm-hmm. small business owners. I'm, I'm certain you've heard many stories of people just barely hanging on and of those there would be many women entrepreneurs as well. There's no question and, and let's be absolutely clear uh, on this uh, on this issue, um, women's participation, I believe, in the labor market is is going to be a precondition to a, a full economic uh, recovery in this province, uh, in this country, and quite frankly, across the world. Because these trends are not just unique to Ontario, uh, but they are unique uh, to the rest of the world. You know, we can look at at unemployment rates. Um, and, you know, obviously we've seen an, an increase um, amongst uh, uh, women and men uh, throughout the pandemic. Um, if we look at August, um, you know, we were, we were just north of uh, 15%. If you want to combine uh, the, gender, uh, the genders together, um, if you want to segment that out, um, it, it, men represent approximately uh, 9% uh, unemployment and uh, 9.1, and women are 9.7. But here's the interesting thing. When you look at, at uh, uh, those that are racialized or non-white uh, uh, Canadians, the number jumps. Uh, we're looking at approximately 13% uh, for, for men. Um, and just under 20%, we're sitting at about 17.5% uh, for racialized females. And so, and so this is huge. This is huge not just for... Uh, for for small businesses, but but for all businesses. And, so, and, so Aleem, just to to clarify, there then one in five Canadian racialized women have lost their businesses effectively because of the pandemic. Yeah. So I was referring to un- unemployment, um, which which obviously uh, you know if you, if you look at the report, entrepreneurship um, and increasing that uh, for women is is a you know a key cornerstone stone of this report uh but but the 17 and a half percent is is um for racialized um, um women you know it took about 50 years uh to to narrow the workforce participation gap um uh here in ontario uh, we, we we saw it at about 39 percentage points back in 1976 
um, and have made meaningful progress uh, to only nine points in 2019. So that gap is narrowed. There's been great success um, in in uh, in seeing uh, more women in in the workforce. But this pandemic has hit, um, uh, you know, dis- disproportionately women. You know, we talked about childcare. I know in the opening segment of this, this is a, a fascinating issue that it, it cuts a few ways because it impacts women who, of course, need childcare so that they can actually work and participate in the workforce. Um, but it also impacts women um, whose work is childcare. Uh, and let's face it; I mean, there there are. Uh, higher degrees of, of, of women participating uh, in, in industries like uh, childcare uh, that have been hit as a result of this pandemic. Uh, and uh, in other industries as well, a disproportionate uh, number of women uh, in uh, areas like hospitality, uh, leisure, uh, education, which, which cuts into childcare as well. So there are real opportunities to think about how we can diversify uh, the workforce in areas like science and technology and math, et cetera, um, to have more women, uh, quite frankly, at, at the table as, as we move forward. Before we get into the recommendations, which are part of this report as well, Dr. Sukie, um, another scenario would be uh, the women who lost their jobs and have not been called back. What kinds of uh, professions, workplaces uh, does this involve? Yeah, well, as as was mentioned, the the most um, the most affected groups are typically in services, in retail, in hospitality. You know, you just think about it: walk into a restaurant, walk into a store. Um, who makes up most of the most of the people working? Um, certainly, you know some areas like uh, personal support workers. There are now massive shortages and. People are trying to figure out how to how to address how to address that gap. But um, childcare centers, as was mentioned, were closed down. Um, the schools, education may we may see some expansion because with social distancing, um, they actually need more teachers and and teachers aides per capita than, than previously. So some of it is, you know, there are some opportunities for growth, but by and large, the heaviest hit sectors are also those where, where women and particularly racialized women uh, dominate. And then add to that, um, you know, self-employment and think about hairdressers and and manicurists and others who typically um <clears throat> Typically, uh, you know, are are subcontracted as self-employed and so on. Those right. those sectors have also been decimated. So some women may have been called back, but as a result of of the economy not fully reopened, there are others who may still be on CERB, and of course that's coming to an end uh, at the end of the month, right? Absolutely, and you know, I as someone who has a secure job and you know a big house and and lots of resources the impact on me has been has been limited and of course the universities are not closing down but i just contrast my situation with many of the people i know and uh it's uh it's it's actually terrifying because 
it's not obvious um, uh, how quickly uh, people are, are are going to to get their job back. I mean, the woman who cleans my house is, you know, I'm still paying her even though she can't come here, but she's using food banks. You know, for for people who have never, who have always been self-sufficient, um, the the impact of this is massive. They can't pay the rent. They they can't feed their kids. It's it's really, um, I think, um, uh, exacerbated inequality um, on all dimensions: socioeconomic, race, based on race, and and so on. And we really have to work together to um, make sure we have a, an inclusive recovery strategy. We're speaking with Dr. Wendy Sukier, one of the collaborators on a new Ontario Chamber of Commerce report, which reveals that women and their participation in uh, the labour force is at its lowest in 30 years. Also with us, Aleem Kanji, political strategist associated with SaveSmallBusiness.ca. Dr. Sukier, let's talk about the recommendations in your report. How realistically can women become better supported in the workplace you know we know from from 20 years of research that a lot has to do with intentionality a lot has to do with simply um, applying a gender lens and an inclusion lens when we think about uh, when we think about recovery so I'll give you a concrete example we worked very closely with the government uh, when they were developing their their program for um, supporting entrepreneurs. And we pointed out, for example, that women are about 16% of owners of small medium enterprises with one or more employees, but they're 38% of Canadians who are self-employed. So if you design your support programs only to serve incorporated small medium enterprises with employees you're leaving behind a big chunk of the population and in response to that the government pivoted and and you know increased the flexibility of their programs we we just heard um, before the program started an announcement that the government is investing to improve access to financing for uh, black business owners because they recognized that the way that programs were working wasn't serving any, everybody. So I do think that a lot of this has to do with naming the problems and being intentional when you think about the solutions. And if you look at the recommendations, you know, many of these things have been have been previously uh, discussed. The idea of using procurement to help support uh, certain um, segments of the small business community, the idea of ensuring that women are at the table and, and have opportunities in leadership roles, the, the notion that we have to um, create more opportunities in, in highly paid um, occupational classes like uh, technology and engineering and even skilled, skilled trades, the notion that we really have to think about um, uh, child care not as an expense but as an investment. Mm-hmm. Um, many of these, these points have been made before, but for me what is really interesting and significant is you have the CEO of one of the largest business associations in the country 
saying we have to think about these things. I, I honestly think that's going to make a massive difference. Aleem, how do you bring the implementation of these recommendations to fruition for uh, small business owners who are women? Yeah, and, you know, th- this is a great question. I, I think there are uh, a ton of, of um, uh, concrete solutions in this report. And, um, and I think the point was made that we haven't, we haven't seen these. They're not, uh, it's not the first time we're talking about these things. But here's the, here's the rub um, that I feel is, is really important. Um, the old adage that what gets measured gets managed is, is very important. So when we talk about uh, some of these s- solutions, when we talk about childcare uh, solutions, and by the way, um, we've, we were first promised a national child care program back in 1993. Um, the kids from that era are now uh, in, in the workforce uh, mm-hmm. right now. We still haven't seen anything. But we've got, a, we've got a, on a national scale, we've got to look at how we can measure uh, the impact of some of these uh, solutions, be that flexible work arrangements for those in, in small and large businesses. Uh, how do we how do we ensure that that there are uh, uh, more females working in uh, trade and technology, in engineering, in some of those faster growing sectors um, where there has been a disproportionate amount uh, of, of representation, um, you know, from men. We've we've seen. Huge amounts of, of money being poured into uh, policing and security um, uh, through the the pandemic and, and for a variety of reasons, that is going to benefit more uh, men than women because of the nature of that industry. How do we look to to include more women, and how do we ma- me- uh, measure and manage this? over the long term, uh, because I think that's going to be uh, critical. Um, and entrepreneurship was mentioned uh, earlier. We've got to look at building a stronger ecosystem to sp- uh, support specifically uh, women entrepreneurs moving forward. And we need to measure that over the long term so that we see reforms and we see greater participation over the long term. And, and again, this report is fantastic. Hats off to Rocco and the team at, at the OCC, uh, but but I'd like to, to see that we can measure this uh, over uh, a prolonged period of time and come back to it and revisit it, perhaps when, when we are, are in a more fulsome recovery stage uh, to be able to see what kind of progress has been made. A thoughtful conversation um, that will continue. I thank you both for your time on this. Thanks for including me. Always a pleasure, Jane. Dr. Wendy Sukier, founder of Ryerson University's Diversity Institute and academic director of the Women Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub, along with Aleem Kanji, political strategist affiliated with SaveSmallBusiness.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.